Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Miketz. Clothes do not make the man. Yosef's story is one of extreme and often abrupt transitions. From beloved son to despised brother, from abject powerlessness and poverty to the authority of a prominent Egyptian household, Yosef moves in and out of favor, in and out of prison. He is constantly shifting in his status and his relationship to others. In Parshat Miketz, we see the most dramatic of these twists of faith. When Yosef is freed from prison and invited into Paro's house. There, he interprets Paro's dreams and becomes his second in command. One common thread woven through Yosef's story is the way that the characters in it denote his status by giving him clothing, noting his clothing, and sometimes even taking it away. Why is the role of clothing so prominent in Yosef's life, and what does it tell us about his character? When Yosef first leaves the prison and approaches the palace, even though Paro is so vexed and his servants communicate that the situation is one of urgency, Yosef decides that before he approaches Paro, he should take the time to shave and change his clothes. Vayishlach Paro vayikrat Yosef, vayiritsuhu min habor, vayigalach vayichalif simlotav vayavo al Paro. Paro sent and summoned Yosef, and they rushed him from the prison. Yosef shaved and changed his clothing and came to Paro. One way of reading this choice on Yosef's part is to understand that he felt that he needed to change his clothes to present himself honorably to the king. However, there is also significant boldness in this choice. Yosef feels that he can change his clothes. Yosef is confident that he can go to the king and have the king see him, not as he is now, a desperate prisoner, but as who he could one day be, an advisor to the king. Yosef's changing of his clothes reflects and signifies his understanding that he is able to change his status. Because he believes that he can be taken seriously, he projects the self-esteem and ambition he needs to present himself and his plans to the king. Paro, too, sees Yosef's leadership potential and elevates him to a position of power through dressing Yosef in a certain way. Vayasar Paro tabato me'al yado. Vayitain ota el yad Yosef. Vayalbeishoto bigdeishesh. Vayasem revid zahav al tabaro. Paro removed his ring from his own hand and placed it on Yosef's. He clothed him in royal linen garments and placed a gold ornament on his neck. Of course, Paro is not the first one to see Yosef as special and dress him in royal clothing accordingly. The first one to do this is his own father, Yaakov. V'Yisrael ahavet Yosef mikobanav, ki ben zekunim hulo, v'yasalo ketonet pasim. And Yisrael loved Yosef the most of all of his children, for he was a precious child, and he made a fine cloak for him. Of course, this coat that Yaakov made for his favorite son made an impression on his brothers and became the focal point, if not the cause, of their resentment of him. When Yosef came to his brothers, they stripped Yosef of his cloak, the fine cloak that was upon him. To Yosef's brothers, this coat symbolized all that was contemptible about Yosef. And they could not think of Yosef without thinking of his coat, 
and could not relate to the coat without thinking of their hatred of Yosef. Yosef himself, however, related to this article of clothing completely differently, and it also reflects the way that he felt about his treatment at his brother's hands. There is an odd redundancy in the way that the verse talks about this garment. At kutanto et ketonen hapasim asher alav, his cloak, the fine cloak that was upon him. The ketonen pasim is referred to both as his, that is, as belonging to Yosef, and as upon him, in a more happenstance way. The verse's double characterization of the coat reflects the attitudes of all of the brothers to the coat. As far as his brothers were concerned, this coat was Yosef's in the most complete way. It was his. This coat fully belonged to Yosef and completely defined his identity. Because his brothers saw him exclusively through the lens of his status as the favorite son, as a coddled, precocious child, and the object of their resentment, they were willing to kill him in cold blood. Yosef, on the other hand, had a much more casual relationship to this coat. He thought of it as being merely upon him, not as fully belonging to him in any real way, let alone constituting who he was. Just as a coat could be put on today and taken off tomorrow and worn by any number of people, Yosef didn't take his status as favorite son too seriously, perhaps at his own peril. This mentality of Yosef, his seeing things as circumstantial rather than essential, helps us understand how he was able to eventually reconcile with his brothers. Yosef could have blamed himself for what happened to him and for how he was treated. He could have thought, with or without self-pity, there is something about me that makes my brothers hate me. I am annoying, unlovable, and irredeemable. My own brothers can't stand me. What will I amount to in life? But Yosef does not blame himself for the behavior of his brothers. He also does not slip into thinking of his brothers as being irredeemably cruel and hate-filled. We see both of these elements clearly expressed in the way that Yosef tests his brothers upon their arrival in Egypt. When all of his brothers, including his full sibling Binyamin, came to his house, Yosef seats them in order of their age. He seats Binyamin next to him and gives him five times the amount of food that the other brothers receive. According to Sforno's commentary, this display of favoritism is being strategically employed by Yosef. Vatarev Masat Binyamin, Lirot Imikan Uba. He, that is Yosef, increased the lot of Binyamin to see if they would be jealous of him. Yosef gives Binyamin preferential treatment because he wants to see if his brothers would treat Binyamin in the same way that they treated him, with disdain and enmity. And he then frames Binyamin for the theft planting his own goblet in his brother's sack for a similar purpose. Tasim b'fi amtachat hakatan. Lerot, eich yimasru atzmam alav k'deh Put the goblet in the opening of the sack of the youngest to see if they will give of themselves in order to save him. According to the Sforno, Yosef's maltreatment of Binyamin serves the same purpose as his earlier spoiling of Binyamin to see how his brothers will react to this situation. This test, designed to teach Yosef about his brother's character, in fact teaches us something critical about Yosef himself. He clearly does not think that his brother's hatred of and maltreatment of him is intrinsically tied to him. He recognizes it as the reaction of the brothers to feeling slighted by their father. He then understands that it's possible 
for them to treat Binyamin in the same way that they treated him, if the circumstances were allowed to repeat themselves. Yet, he also does not think of his brothers as being somehow intrinsically evil at their core. He devises this ruse because he thinks it is possible, maybe even likely that they have matured, that they have changed. He believes that this time they can treat Rachel's children better. He believes that his brothers can redeem themselves. We can see how Yosef looks at the behavior of his brothers as separate from his feelings about them as people, by the way he speaks to his brothers after their eventual reunion and the passing of their father, Yaakov. Yosef's brothers are concerned that now that Yaakov is gone, Yosef might choose to take his revenge. Therefore, they tell him that their father has asked Yosef to have compassion on them. Yosef responds that this is unnecessary and that he has no ill will in his heart towards them. Vayomer alehem Yosef, al tira'u, ki atachat Elohim ani, ve'atem chashavtem alai ra'a, Elohim chashavat litova, leman asok hayom hazet lahachayot amrav. Yosef said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I instead of God? You intended evil towards me, but God intended it for good, in order to create this day and sustain numerous peoples. Earlier in the story, when they first meet Yosef and he briefly imprisons them, his brothers say about themselves, Ashemim anachnu, we are guilty. But here Yosef says, Va'atem chashavtem alai ra'a, you intended evil towards me focusing on their plan, what they did, not who they are. This critical distance enabled him to forgive his brothers. He doesn't view them as guiltless as far as their behavior. Yosef doesn't disregard that his brothers have wronged him, and he acknowledges that they wanted to harm him. But he doesn't view them as inherently evil. He could imagine them behaving better in different circumstances, and he can see himself being in relationship with them. Just as a person can change their clothes, so too a person can change their actions. According to the Ramban, Yosef's clothing and the way that it is connected to his status and stature is reflected in the clothing that is worn by the priests, the Kohanim, Lechavod Ulutifaret, for honor and glory. That the priest should be honored and glorified through honorable and glorious raiments. For these clothes are royal garments. And kings in the time of the Torah wore clothes just like them. Like we see in the cloak of Yosef, and he made him a fine cloak. And one of the most critical elements of the Big Day Kahuna, the priestly garments, is that they reflect this attitude of Yosef. They are also intended to be put on and then to be taken off. Rabbi Abau said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, and it is also come in the name of Rabbi Leazar, Rabbi Shimon. That which the verse says, and you shall gird Aharon and his sons with a belt, and you shall dress their heads with turbans, and the priesthood shall be for them an everlasting law. At the time that their clothes are upon them, their priesthood is upon them. 
When their clothes are not upon them, their priesthood is not upon them. Just like Yosef's katonet and the other clothes he wears do not belong to or define him, the priestly garments do not belong to the Kohanim. They are worn by them. They are upon them. Even Kohanim, who we think of as bearing the most intrinsic status, based entirely on pedigree and lineage, must acknowledge that priest is a role that one plays. You step into being a Kohen when you dress as a Kohen. And when you take off your uniform, your status changes. We tend to equate people with the roles that they play. And we tend to equate people with their behaviors. We make this mistake both about ourselves and about others. We lock ourselves into thinking that we are bad people and prevent ourselves from seeing our own potential. We also inhibit others by saying that if a person has done a certain behavior, it makes them into an X type of person. Sometimes that is true. A rotten character does produce rotten behavior. But often it is not true. And we cut ourselves off from one another and from one another's abilities in a way that isn't necessary. If we saw ourselves and others like Yosef saw himself and his brothers as people who have taken on identities that can be cast on and off, we open ourselves to realizing greatness in ourselves and in those with whom we come into contact. Yosef doesn't think of himself as a beloved son or as a hated brother, as a prisoner or as a prince. Yosef sees himself as Yosef. Sometimes he is wearing the rags of a powerless man, and sometimes he is wearing Paro's ring. Regardless of how he is dressed at any given moment, he is able to look at what comes and who he becomes as being transient. He doesn't define himself by who he is at any given moment, and it allows him to see that who he is now is not who he must be forever, enabling him to both interpret dreams and realize his own. Wishing you a Shabbat of dressing well. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.